Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, Dan Dickow, on SB Live Sports and the Believe Podcast Network. Today's guest for our conversation, someone who has been instrumental in my career. Um, from when I transferred from Gonzaga, excuse me, from Washington to Gonzaga, he helped me become the player that I was and, and set me on the path for success. None other than Coach Mark Few. Coach, how is life now that it looks like there's some semblance of direction for a college basketball season to occur? Uh, well, first of all, Danny, thanks for uh, letting me come on with you. Um, yeah, things have been a little somewhat more back to normal. It's uh, scrambling around to try to piece together a schedule in uh, late September is, uh, is uh, unique to uh, this job, but uh, it's also kind of fun and, and uh, it's exciting to just kind of get back to, you know, having some direction like you alluded to. How does the, the average fan doesn't understand and realize how difficult putting a schedule together is? How much uh, input do you have? How much uh, uh, ability do you let your assistants who work on the schedule on a day to day basis kind of form something? And then where do you guys meet in the middle to kind of come up with the exact schedule for a season? Uh, well, the inputs totally mine <laughs> and I have veto power and I let uh, it, it, it from the assistant's uh, point of view and you, you usually just have one assistant signed to it and it's uh, in this case it's TJ Benson has been doing it the last uh, couple years prior to that uh, you know we had John Jacobs doing it and did a great job with it and uh, way back in the day, Jerry Krause, that was, that was his baby forever. And it's a thankless task from that point of view. Cause there's a lot of, I mean, the, the ratio to, uh, success versus calls is probably about a hundred to one, <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as just piecing stuff together. And, uh, you know, whether it's a willingness to play on somebody else's part, whether it's the dates, whether it's uh, will TV cooperate or in, in some instances TV dictates when and where and who you play. And, and, uh, uh, and then it, you know, basically my job is to pick out who we play and, and uh, 
and then kind of, you know, work with the, the, our TV partners that I have relationships with over all these years and figuring all that out. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's also good for assistant coach in those positions. It's a great way to network and you, you meet a ton of people and you, you end up conversing a lot with all from people all over the country. So it's, it's a great, uh, job for experience and, and building your network. You talked about television networks and kind of being a part of putting the schedule together. I remember even before I was playing at Gonzaga and then where I, when I was there, we were hoping to get games on TV where now ESPN and, and some of the other groups are building their schedules around you. At what point in time over the last 10, 15 years did you see a definite change that Gonzaga is included in all their major decisions? Uh, it's so funny you bring that up. I remember way, way back when when I was an assistant – and gosh, probably even my first couple years as a head coach, we were always just so excited for that WCC championship game to be on ESPN. <laughs> that was about all we had. Uh, we'd, we'd grab as much video off of that to use in our highlight video at the end of the year. Uh, now, literally every one of our games form, and we tried to get as many as 22, 23, 25 of our games nationally televised. So, uh, you know, obviously you were a big part of that. Uh, um, you came here on in 99. We were able to continue our success and stay in the national spotlight and have some NCAA tournament success, which again is uh, grabs the attention of the, uh, the TV execs and producers. And then, uh, you know, the guys after you have continued that. Uh, and then along those lines, I think just the uh, uh, just the story of the program and the, the growth of the program and the personalities in the program have lent itself to uh, to actually garnering some really, really strong TV ratings, which at the end of the day is is what is the narrative for more. Uh, uh, Gonzaga game. So, uh, you know, for instance, this year we'll have some on a, a ton on ESPN, but we'll also have some on national CBS and, and, uh, as well as the usual, uh, uh, ones, you know, locally and regionally on, uh, route. There's obviously been like, we spoke about there, a change in the network's viewing of the program. There's been a change I'm sure in, in the viewing of the program through recruits, you've had to kind of change your recruiting philosophy, I'm sure, from years ago until now, where you're blending Northwest guys, you're blending international guys, and now you're really in the mix for a lot of McDonald's All-American level guys. How has your recruiting philosophy changed, if at all? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if our philosophy's changed. I, I, I think we've always just tried to get, you know, the best guy – we can that also fits our program i don't think what you know the one thing i'm proud of is throughout all the years and and, and again with different you know assistants heading up different parts of the recruit target guys that that we feel really strongly about would fit really well with the gonzaga culture they're good people off the floor they're they're serious about their academics they're great teammates uh but they're you know 
obviously really, really talented and can keep us at the level that, uh, you know, we want to stay at, which is, you know, put us in position to play for a final four and win a national championship. So, um, I think what's happened is, uh, you know, it's because of our success and popularity, uh, you know, we became a more viable option for many, many more players out there. And then it's our job to kind of, to siphon through all that and, and continue to figure out which ones are, are, you know, the best fit for GU. Well, 20 plus years as a head coach near around 30 in, in the college game where you have to evaluate, you have to recruit, um, then you have to get players to commit. Is there one player or two that was most frustrating for you during your career that you thought was going to become a zag? and would have been perfect in Gonzaga's system, but ultimately chose to go somewhere else? Oh, gosh, there's been a ton of those. Uh, just a ton. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's much like the, the losses, you know, but we don't lose very much up here. But the, when we do, the, you know, you have a tenden, tendency to remember those for whatever reason, which is kind of sad compared to all the wins. Uh, but sure, I mean, I going back to I think we asked my must have been my first year as a head coach. I mean, uh, 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 absolutely loved Luke Ridnour. Thought he'd be a great fit here, uh, and just loved everything that he was uh, all about. And, and uh, you know, when he chose to go elsewhere, that was that was tough. And then he took his buddy Luke Jackson uh, with him. It was from my uh, my little tiny town down in. Uh, uh, Oregon. So, uh, uh, I mean, that started it. And then, there, yeah, heck, there's been tons, even, even, even recently, there's been some that we thought we had a pretty good shot at that didn't happen, but that, that you know, that that's recruiting. And then the interesting thing is, uh, with that, you learn and, and continue to learn that usually the, the, the person you end up with ends up being the right fit. It's always just worked out really, really well for us. You know, if you think about, you know, we ended up with that backcourt with you and Blake Stepp, which arguably is one of the best backcourts, if not the best backcourt we've ever had, you know. So, uh, um, you know, God works in mysterious ways. It's not always uh, what we want. So, uh, um, uh, but, yep, you know, when you're, you're in this battle every year with 10, 15, 20 kids a year. And, and now if you look at the options of the teams we're competing against in recruiting, you know, these, these kids have some, some really, really, really good options. So in a lot of cases, they really can't go wrong. So it's, it's hard to fault them. Yeah. I remember that Luke Ridenauer uh, decision. I believe that was my red shirt year and uh, it worked out for me and Blake, obviously, but that would have been a really fun three guy backcourt to play in with the three of us being able to handle it, pass it and shoot it. When you look at all the players that you've coached over the years, and, and it seems like every year there's one or two Gonzaga guys that are, are, are going to be in the NBA now, uh, just because the talent level keeps rising. Is there anybody that you feel the NBA is missed on for a reason or other? Maybe it's a little quote unquote undersized or um, somebody was just missing one little piece to their game. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of them. I mean, it goes all the way back to your year. I, I, I thought they really missed on Casey Calvary. 
uh, you know, I, I just I thought his athleticism, his size, and his skill at that time was even shooting shooting a three ball at that position, which wasn't you know nearly as in vogue as it is now. Um, but you know, it, I think it's it's a shame a little bit uh, just uh, with 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 how the uh, NBA is kind of morphed into what where they are now and obviously it's exciting and it's a great game and all that but I look at a Shemek Karnowski if he would have came around uh 10 years prior or something he would have been a lock NBA player with uh his basketball IQ his size his his defensive prowess at just kind of protecting the paint uh and and you know if you don't double team him he was going to score um and gosh, I mean, it's, I could go through probably there's a handful of guys that I uh, definitely thought we've certainly had some guards that have been uh, right there. And then, then we've had, you know, some tough luck with injuries. You look at uh, Blake step. I think he would have played a long time in the, in the league if, uh, uh, if he could have stayed healthy and, and, uh, but you know, I, I mean, I also think that's what's so important about having, choosing the right place and coming to a place like Gonzaga, and then you end up, you know, you still have the, the great college career to draw upon for memories and experience. And, and, uh, and our guy that we've had some guys had some really, really good careers over in Europe that have been very rewarding and, and, uh, and uh, caused some real growth uh, there. With, with all those names that you mentioned, the biggest thing uh, that jumps out to me is player development of the, over the course of their time at Gonzaga. That was huge for me. So your program does a really good job in player development. I think something that gets missed a lot of times for many coaches is coach development. You've developed or helped develop a number of coaches to be ready for their head coach opportunities, whether it's Billy Greer or Leon Rice. But you also have, in what I've seen, really improved as a coach. Where do you think you've improved the most as a coach over the last 20 years? I mean, I, I, I think everybody improves, you know, or I hope, I hope we're all moving forward in life So with, with experience. I mean, I think the one thing that we've done at, at Gonzaga is, you know, I cringe when people – say well you know they run you know they're they're gonna play this particular style or system I mean we we adapt to our uh strengths of the team that we have that year I mean we've as you know went from running flex to running motion to running uh you know uh straight high low with the Turioff years and and uh Corey Violet and, and, and those guys to, uh, you know, a ball screen dominant. We were one of the first ones to kind of go exclusively kind of, you know, spread the floor with, uh, you know, ball screen continuity over here in, in the U.S. And that, you know, that obviously with, uh, w- with our heavy lean on, uh, you know, getting guys from overseas, I think that's really uh, helped. And then the, the staff, whether it's been Tommy or or uh, uh, Ricky Foy or uh, uh, John Jacobs or uh, you know B Mike has uh, has really became a, a great uh, 
you know, game manager, X and O tactician. Um, I like to collectively use all the minds and, and, uh, ideas and, and skills that we have on staff and, and, uh, kind of formulate the, the best way to play that uh, we possibly can and not just kind of freeze into a particular system. You mentioned the ball screen continuity, and it does seem like more college teams than not use a similar offense. You mentioned kind of learning a lot of it from, from Tommy and, and his influence of recruiting the European guys, but was there a part of you know, your involvement with USA Basketball where you learned it or you saw that it really worked and you wanted to bring it to Gonzaga? Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, I think we all just collect, collectively draw on everything. I've, I've learned a ton from all my uh, USA basketball experience dating way back to when Billy Donovan and I worked together and we formed a, a very strong uh, uh, friendship. And then just all those kind of experiences kind of – hanging out next to an Owen and talking with all those, uh, 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 people. And it's interesting. Uh, um, you know, I, I think just watching a, a lot of ball and, and talking, you end up kind of, uh, we change in season a lot quite often. If I see something that I like on TV, I'll, I'll bring that in. Or if somebody has got a scout and we see something that worked for, uh, somebody else, we're not afraid to, we're not even afraid to put it in on uh, uh, game day. I, I, you know, um, you know, the ball screen continuity, I don't know if that was, that wasn't really, truth be told, wasn't really brought over from Europe. That was uh, Jay Triano uh, was talking to us about that one day. And, and uh, uh, I think with both Tommy and I, right, we might've been recruiting Kevin Pangos or somebody at that time. And so that's where we kind of, came upon that so uh uh yeah i think we're uh, you know what dan we're in constant learning mode we're open-minded to anything that works um obviously even this year we'll have to play different than we played last year and i think that's that's what you have to do as a coach you got to serve your players the best way they can instead of being just kind of iron-fisted and trying to force them into a particular system you know and then it works the same way defensively there you know we've had to change defensively you know sometimes you can switch your bigs you know or, or and or switch your guards because your guards are tough enough and other times you can't and you know we've had good runs I think looking back especially probably when Leon was here he he was really good with the matchup zone and and quite frankly we haven't been that good uh you know since he was here and I think that Part, some of it is that, you know, he, I think he had a conviction and a belief that he was able to, uh, you know, to, uh, to convince me to, to stay with it more than we, than we do now. But our man's been so, so good and so efficient, uh, you know, these last three or four years. That, uh, uh, I think that's been probably the biggest key to our ascension to go from maybe a top 25 team to, the, to one that's you know, in the top 10 or even top five, was our, our man defense has gotten so much better. Well, I do know, and I remember the, the defensive efficiency numbers that were always targets that Coach Krause and you would put up on the board. And we failed to, to hit those a lot when I was there. But offensively, we were really good. 
you also mentioned, you know, adjusting on the fly to your personnel. I remember running uh, pick and rolls where Corey Violette would handle the ball and I would come into a wing pick and roll. So you've, you've always definitely had the, the willingness to change things up and, and give it a different look. And you said with this year's team, you're going to have to play different. Lots of publications have you as a preseason number one. I'm sure there's, there's a, a, a lot of pressure from the outside that you guys probably don't look at. What does this team look like with Corey Kispert and Joel Iyayi returning and then, um, you know, the improvement of Drew Timmy and then the uh, addition of your three really good perimeter players? Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I think, first of all, the number one stuff was probably based on Philip returning, you know, and I mean, he was arguably going to be, at least in some publications, the first team All-American. So, uh, you know, losing him puts a dent, at least in our, obviously in our front court and front court depth. And then also probably lends us to have to play a little uh, differently uh, than we would. Uh, which is fine. I mean, we got great experience. Corey Kispert is, is you know, he's somebody that actually would have been drafted and, and probably would have been on a roster in some form or fashion and chose to come back. So I think he deserves a lot of uh, uh, credit for that uh, from everybody uh, involved in college basketball. Joel Ayayi, I think, is was just – getting better and better as the season went along uh, last year. And, and he's even improved in the off season in, in, in some areas that uh, uh, were important. Uh, you know, I think Drew Timmy's prime for a big year. He was really playing well, or he played well for us all year last year, but he's really coming on at the end of the year. If you look at the WCC tournament and uh, uh, hopefully Anton will be able to stay healthy with his shoulder and, and, so, you know, again, I think we'll, we'll probably end up having to probably spread the floor a little bit and go, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a version of, uh, you know, four guards out there uh, with just one of our bigs. And we'll probably do more of that than we did uh, uh, this past year. When you think about it, we had some good stretches where Corey – or, excuse me, uh, Drew and uh, – and Philip were on the floor uh, together, so uh, you know gives us some exciting options. The, the youngsters, the three freshmen, are are physically uh, definitely ready to to contribute and 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 make plays. And now we'll just have to get them up to speed on you know all our nuances on the defensive end and spacing and and. Uh, you know, things that we do on the offensive end. And then, uh, you know, having uh, – we picked up another great uh, grad transfer in Aaron Cook from Southern Illinois. He's really, really going to help us. And he's he's experienced and been through it all and, and uh, kind of does – can really, really defend. But, yet he can shoot the ball, play and pick and roll, and, and uh, gives us a really versatile player on both ends. As a coach at the college level, you, you're judged, obviously, by wins and losses. You've got the, the highest win percentage of any coach in Division One history. And I know you value that and you take pride in that. But you also uh, are someone who values what your players do off the court. Besides guys that have gone on and done and, and made professional basketball careers, 
is there a player or two that jumps out at you that you're proud of their post Gonzaga career because of maybe uh, what they're doing in the community or business wise, or the fact that, you know, things might've been a struggle for them while they were at Gonzaga, either getting admitted to the school or with grades or circumstances while they were in college. Uh, Hey, listen, I'm incredibly proud. It's probably the thing that, you know, emotionally moves me uh, in regards to my career at Gonzaga uh, with what the guys do afterwards, just to see them starting a family and uh, how they kind of are maturing into, uh, you know, being real fathers and, and, uh, uh, you know, pillars of the community. And then, Hey, I, I think it's, it's been awesome to watch your career as you start climbing up the the uh, the ladder of, of uh, sports media. Um, it's been fun to watch you grow and, and develop there. It's been great to see Matt Santangelo become the director of Hoop Fest. You know, very proud of Winston Brooks and all the uh, uh, things that he's been able to to do and help with is uh, you know. Uh, part of the Spokane Police Department. Um, I was an, a, an assistant uh, when Mike Leisure played here during our those, those early runs. Uh, um, and, you know, to see him back those uh, issues uh, uh, down in Portland as a member of their police department is, is cool to watch his, his leadership and uh, – uh, 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 everything that he's experienced up to this point that he's going to have to draw on to help solve that uh, uh, dilemma. But, you know, it's also fun to, you know, as I'm still taking my kids to some of these AAU tournaments, see Casey Calvary at games with his kids, to see uh, Tony Skinner <laughs> coaching uh, uh, AAU. And, and uh, you know, Ryan Floyd's done a great job with the Spokane community. Uh, helping out and to see people diving into the, you know, medical technology profession, uh, you know, with Blake Stepp and, and, uh, uh, you know, Corey Violet, uh, uh, running to him around town. And uh, it's just, it's just been, it's, it's the the best part of the job by far is seeing what all our our players do once they uh, get out of here and move on. Last question before I let you go, coach is in 2017, you guys made, a final four down in Phoenix and there was zags from literally every era over the last 30, 40 years that played there that um, whether they played one year or four years, a starter, uh, a walk-on guys made it a point to make it to guns to the final four that Gonzaga was involved in. If Gonzaga has a chance to get back and win a national title, what would it mean to you and the Gonzaga community? Uh, I mean, look, I think it would mean everything probably to the Gonzaga community. I mean, you know, so many people put everything in that championship uh, basket. It would be, you know, it would be great to take that last step. So, quite frankly, so everybody would quit talking about it. (laughs) Um, You know, we know those of us within the program, around the program, we know – uh, that we've been good enough on, you know, a couple occasions, maybe even last year, uh, where we were in pretty good position, especially based on the land 
landscape of college basketball to last year and just didn't get the chance. So, uh, I, I mean, I, the most important thing is being in the running and, uh, you know, uh, assembling a team that, that legitimately has a chance to do that. And then, you know, the, the tournament itself is, you know, I, I don't think people really understand just how there's, you have to be good enough. You have to have enough talent and, and your team has to be put together well enough and disciplined enough to do it. But then it also takes some great fortune, you know, uh, you just think about some of those plays down the stretch against Carolina that didn't go our way or else we, we, we would already had our national championship. So, uh, you know, and even uh, Rui and Brandon's year, if we just, you know, we had a bad couple minutes and Texas Tech took advantage of that. I mean, that very well could have been a, a championship year uh, again and, and, and even last year. So, uh, uh, you know, the best thing, the thing that we can do is just keep – keep us on that level where we're good enough to win a national championship and, and uh, we're primed for one. And then, uh, you know, hopefully we can, can earn our uh, breaks to, to get it done. Well, coach, I appreciate your time. I know with uh, the start date now of college basketball out there, practice is going to be starting up soon. It'll limit your fly fishing time, but hopefully you can get out there a few times before things really pick up. And thanks again for joining today. Yeah, you got it, Danny. You bet. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.